0: Welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT and I like to eat lots of food. And I'm also with Joey. He also enjoys lots of food. Not quite as much as this guy. <laughs> Possibly I'm, not. I actually really. eat more like a bird these days. <laughs> True. I, I have noticed that you have refined your eating habits. I'm middle-aged now. Oh. Oh. I thought it might have been something else, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, can't, I watch everything that Joe does. He doesn't think I do because I'm just scoffing food. But I'm like,
1: how come he ain't eating so much? Why only one piece of toast? What's going on with that?
0: <laughs> it's psychological warfare. Today is an interesting topic because we're discussing this. To create or to compete, is being competitive holding back your BJJ? Because, I don't know, depending on who you're rolling, like maybe it's your business partner, <laughs> you've got to put some smack on them for trying to big dog you at the meeting, um, depending yeah. on the situation. Well, maybe it's some dickhead that you... Ended up getting into business with. Yeah, or, or, or maybe it's someone at the cafe who's telling you to pipe down and you've got a good story and you need to talk loudly, especially if you had two espressos. You know how it is. Many of us want to be competitive. We don't want to feel like we're getting beaten up or owned or any of that and therefore we go to our A game. We've got to win, you know. And, I mean, I'm a very competitive person, but this was definitely drummed into me from being in Brazil. It was very much like fight to win like if you don't, or harder. if you don't go hard, then you should quit. Like get better or die. tight. Yeah. It's a
1: bit, bit. It's
0: a bit polarizing because obviously there's there's a lot of gray area there. But I think that uh, definitely the thing that came up just this morning was a bit of a change in the philosophical approach.
1: That's right, Joe. Guys, I'm here to tell you that I've seen the light and I've changed my ways, and it's only taken me 13 years. To to realize this moment, (laughs) Um, amazing. It's probably been a bit of a rough relationship with jujitsu for me uh, since I had my knee surgery. In truth, but post knee surgery, I was like, or before my knee before my knee injury, I was really on track to get my black belt. So once I was back on the mats post surgery, I was like, I'm back on this path. I want to get that black belt, and I and I and I got it. But it it definitely wasn't like it wasn't an easy road like that that bit. Um, purely because I just like a lot of what I used to do didn't work anymore and my game had really kind of suffered a bit and whatever, don't cry for me guys. I've now got that black belt and I've been training for a bit and I've been kind of having somewhat of an existential crisis about how I engage with jujitsu. Because what I notice now is thirty eight, body's a little bit sore than it used to be. Sure. Knees fucking stiff. Oh man, I notice you know, my other knee gets a little bit sore sometimes if we're playing a lot of leg locks. Sure. I'm like, all right, I'm noticing it's just it's changing for me. And uh and I you know, obviously we think about jujitsu a lot. We think about the community, we think about you guys. We talk about this shit all the time. So I'm always like I'm always pondering how this journey plays out. Because I know that the way I looked at it when I was in my 20s was completely different to how I look at it now. Yeah. Right now I have to actually question, can I keep doing this? Yeah. You know, like, whereas in my 20s, I never once thought that. you just never think just sh- fucking stand and bang. Go for it. Bruh. Yeah. Anyways, um, so one of my training partners, shout out to Lockie, he's a fucking great guy, really good purple belt over at Gracie Balmain. Yes. Teaching me a lot of stuff, right? I'm doing – he's a, he's a real no-gi specialist um, and he's been teaching me a lot of stuff, and we go to war with each other. And it's great. And it's like, you know, he catches me this week, I catch him next week. And it's, you know, we have those epic roles. And the beauty is for me, I can still roll like that, right? Mm. That, like I used to, you know, when I was 27 or whatever. Sure. Um, but I notice now that I'm like, I don't think this is such a good idea for me. Anyway. I think I'm scrolling Instagram the other day and a fucking Joe Rogan clip pops up. Um, I listened to a little bit of Joe Rogan. I'm not a, a, a disciple by any means. But a clip pops up of him talking to someone about jiu-jitsu and he's saying how uh, someone, someone said to him once, like the secret to long-term jiu-jitsu or success with jiu or something is keep it playful. I think it's Henner and Hiron Gracie say oh, that. Oh, okay,
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you can see that, right, in kind of their style. Yeah, they're humorous guys. And uh, I'm like playful. I'm like, man, like I'm not a playful guy at jiu-jitsu. It's like I can, I can be playful when it's like, oh, there's the new white belt or it's a, it's, a, you know, it's a girl that's like half my weight. Sure. I can fuck around Yeah. and just not do any – like not take it seriously and change position. But I'm like as soon as it's like um, someone that could potentially offer – you know, someone that could yeah. bring, bring the heat – it's, it's on. Yes. You know, and this is what happens every time we roll, right? Of course. And, uh, and I was like, man, I don't – like I would like to be more playful. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, there's all these positions that I'm trying to learn. Mm. Say all this no-gi stuff that I'm like, shit, it's, I want to dive into this and learn more about it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to learn this stuff if I continue to like compete in training. Yeah. I have to open myself up to trying new things, definitely, in order to to be able to explore these different positions. Yeah, and I'm like, and also, actually, the thought of taking like a lighter kind of approach to the majority of my training actually seems quite appealing. Yeah, right, because it's less of like less of like putting that pressure on myself. It's less and, m-
0: mentally intensive. Yeah, it takes it takes that weight off.
1: Right. Know? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Lockie and I won't go to war again or that I won't go to war with anyone else on a given day, but it's more so just – you show up here the Jungle Brothers, you better fucking bring it. Yeah, guys, it's on. I'm the fucking enforcer around here.
0: <laughs> Matt enforcer. If I
1: shopped to class. If he comes. Yeah, that. I'm usually not there, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Feel free, guys, jump in. Um, but, the, but I'm like, oh, wow, like I – you know, I'll keep that as like the racetrack thing – that I do sometimes. Yeah. But you know, I don't know, 50, 70, 80% of the time, I'm gonna try and be a little bit loose with it. So I when I turned up to train at I was like, hey boys, I've had an epiphany, this is what's going down. And Lockie was like, man, that sounds cool to me. Like, I think we'll probably learn way more if we just, if we don't go as hard on each other. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think it'd be good. And we and we did that. We probably, I don't know, we, we probably went a little bit too light. And yeah, so right. we are both like maybe given up a bit of position and stuff. But there was I took away a lot more from the round that we had and yeah. I'm like, man, that's, there's a sweet spot there. There's something there. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, you know, and I, I walked out of the gym and I'm like, ah, oh, body's feeling good. I was in bed last night, I was like, body's feeling good. You oh, know, I normally just, when you'd feel the little aches. Oh, yeah. So for me, and, and I think that, you know, I'm not prescribing this to anybody because everyone engages with it in their own way, sure. but I'm like, I think it's a good thing for me to uh, take more of a playful approach more regularly with my training. Yeah.
0: Uh no, I'm with you, man. I actually feel like I I've thought similarly to this for a while. Um, but I, I still set myself an objective in a role. It may not be a submission, but it might be like, I, I gotta get the back. I gotta find a way at some point in this five, eight, ten minute round to get the back. However that however that happens. And if I get that, then that's that's my win. You know? And and I think depending on what you're working on, it's always good to have that the idea of a, an intention but not get too hooked up in the path. You know, like I trust my skills to get me there. Now, if you're earlier on in jiu-jitsu and you're like, I have no idea how to get the back. <laughs> like, okay, you have to definitely um, learn the steps. And it's hard. Yeah, to- they, they would focus more on a technique. A technique. Wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah, it'd be more technique focused. But I definitely think as you go along... There's a lot to be found in being not really hard focused on the outcome which is the win or the points or whatever going with it a little bit more can often free you up because the hardest thing when you're rolling is the fight or flight instinct you're back here in your lizard brain you're all hormones like let's go there's not a lot of thinking there but when when you when you're rolling if you're um if you're either uh, free enough in your mind, or relaxed enough, you can access your kind of prefrontal cortex, and then you can actually make some really good decisions. Like, so go, oh, I think they're, I think I might be able to. Oh, maybe there's an armbar, or oh, you know, like it's. And and the I I believe personally that's the fun. That like that's when you are having a great time when you kind of pull something out you didn't expect, they didn't expect, and you are like, oh, check that out. Yeah, you know, you have these these moments because essentially we are like tiger clubs rolling around just wrestling and playing and we put all this serious meaning on it but it's not you know it's all very contrived you know we've talked about that before Jiu-Jitsu, the art
1: the sport it's all all within constraints you know yeah it's an abstract environment this yeah. thing that we've agreed is like yeah. our holy grail
0: yeah and it's and, and yeah it can be really serious i used to count every point on a subconscious level i still do i'm still kind of ticking over in the same way i used to count every calorie when i was eating i knew the calorie count of Everything I could tell you to the dot, how many calories I've had, and I could probably still tell you now. But it doesn't. I just kind of let it run by. I don't. I'm not as attached to it. Like, if I don't do this perfectly, then I'm a terrible person. In the same way, if I if I don't get every advantage and every point, then I'm not good at jujitsu. It's not true. Yeah. I, I think what I've learned from people way better than me is. uh they actually look very relaxed. <laughs> the best people, even when it's like at the heart of really intense competition, they look so chill. Yeah. Oh, man, how could I be more? You know, I aspire to that. I aspire to roll with that that calm peace of mind and, and finding some, um, some playfulness in you know, it. I try to not, not to n- disrespect anybody, but if I am rolling someone uh, a lot lighter than me or a lot lower rank... I will be much freer in my grips and I, I won't try and hold on to or squash just just because there's no value in that. Yeah. So I feel like it's probably better for both parties to just, yeah, let go a little bit and just be like, oh, well, if I get tapped, I get tapped. And, you know, like people always used to say that Bernardo, and I actually saw Bernardo get choked out by a blue belt. Does he get
1: tapped or get put to sleep? Well, put to sleep in
0: class. He would tap very regularly in training. Yeah. And and a lot of the other kind of senior guys at Alliance were like, oh, what's that's that's soft, yeah. What's he doing? You're just Getting lost, tapped. yeah. But he's constantly making mistakes to learn from them. And then when it came
1: to competition, he was incredibly dominant. I so. believe Gary Tonin has a very similar approach, right? I heard, yeah, he he, he taps all the time in training because he's right. just fucking exploring shit. Yeah, he's yeah. Playing. But then everyone knows his competition credentials. Oh,
0: he's so playful, though. You can see that in his style.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's uh I think it's yeah, it's it's being able to see both sides and and obviously there's a huge value in being able to go hard when when it matters and and not concede points and yeah. try to win. I say like my probably my my most competitive training relationship is with my coach Adam. Yes. Adam Childs and you know I don't we do have some roles where it's a bit lighter and Adam, it's usually Adam's
0: crossface does not inspire creativity.
1: No. Adam it inspires is, vengeance. When he passes, it like Yeah. Or <laughs> when he so does heavy. anything it's so heavy. That's right. And so with him it's a different thing. Maybe if one of us is coming back from an injury, it's like we'll play around a little bit. But usually it's like points on the board kind of thing Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. and you know that's fine right but but we don't roll together all the time and no. you know and whatever i know that when i show up to training he relishes the opportunity to roll hard with me because he yeah. can go turbo another black belt yeah put it on um but yeah so it's a it's a very interesting thing like i i look back and think oh why didn't i why didn't i adopt more of this earlier and i think it was just similar to you know we've spoken about like similar to having an intention with your training showing up to a session with an idea of what you want to work on it's kind of often just not having the thinking about it mm. and just showing up and falling back into the pattern of doing what you always do. Yeah, And that's great, you know, you have fun and you know it works and whatever, but it's like, oh wow, like if you have a time and I know you've spoken about this in the newsletter mm. that you used to write, yeah. which was like actually making time in a year to sit down and like review your jujitsu when you're not there on the mats, like do it separately, think about it, come up with some ideas. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you do see athletes or practitioners who do that. You yeah. know, they, they do drilling, they do light rolling, they do more competition-based rounds. Yeah. And I think if you're doing that, that's, I, I believe that's the answer. Yeah.
0: This is something I got from, he got the quote from somewhere else, I don't know the attribution. This guy called Patrick Collison and he is the CEO of uh, Stripe. The right. Collison brothers are super smart guys. Um, and he, he's like, he said, you know, we don't learn from experience, we learn from reflection. So even though, yeah, we, we, do, we gain some kind of understanding from doing things, it's when we stop and look back at them that we can not try and project meaning onto them, but just go, okay, what, what worked, what didn't? And, 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 and that process of thinking is, is important. And, <clears throat> you know, we've all got confirmation bias, right? Like if we're in that mode of I need to win, then it's about winning and being right and i'm right and they're wrong and this kind of thing when actually you could be like what they did was actually really good and i and i think you see that sometimes which is cool maybe you did a move successfully and someone after the role be like yo what was that can you can you show it to me because they want to learn yeah and the the creativity and it it's not even a removal of ego it's just like an acknowledgement of that's really good i also would like to do that thing yeah you did it successfully to me how could i know this and and the people who are uh, open to that, and I believe being open requires a degree of humility to go. You're better at this than me. Please share with me that that's that 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 is actually a, a super a super key ingredient to people getting better is the acknowledgement of I, I am a bit ignorant here. I
1: don't know what that is. It, especially, I, I think it, like it's it's a very natural dynamic when it's a lower rank asking a higher rank right yeah definitely you almost expect them to ask oh what you know yeah. but when you're the black belt and you're asking a blue belt hey how did you what was that yeah what was that like yeah. i think that's yeah, i agree like lately i've been that guy asking the stupid question. hey man how did you escape that heel hook he's yeah. like oh, i just did the basic heel hook step. <laughs> okay got it thanks Amazing. Man. <laughs> yeah. but it's like but it's like um yeah. yeah it's it's cool right like you you can learn from that person in that moment yeah. so why not learn right yeah you can learn from anyone i, I think Belts sometimes can cloud our judgement as well. Shout out Bobby Sander. <laughs> true. <laughs>
0: we can, it's true. Yeah, good call, good call. Uh, you can learn from anyone. Like I have actually learned a bunch from uh, a white belt guy I used to train with. But the thing that he did, he actually did like a bit of catch wrestling stuff. Right. But it was like 20 years ago. But he had, had some weird moves. Got that Frank Shamrock instructional VHS. Yeah, from 1992. And he was always doing weird stuff and you're like, God, it's so awkward to work with this guy. But he had some moves. There's something there. Even though he just looked like a white belt dude, he had some knowledge of grappling that none of us had. And even though he wasn't particularly good, he he was pretty open about it. He's happy. Oh, yeah, I'll show you what it is. You think, oh, that's really interesting because it's just a different way to look at how to move the body and – and being playful allows you to do stuff that you're not good at which opens up more jujitsu, i believe so if you are actually trying to grow in jiu-jitsu as much as sometimes if you're just trying to master a technique you just focus on that and trying to execute it on you know can i get to work on a blue belt and will it work on a purple belt and you know work your way up the levels just being able to be playful also helps you remove the emotional damage from Lack of success.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would um, make the point there that, like, say, you know, <laughs> I made this point before the episode to JT, like, I just kind of came to this conclusion in the last 48 hours, like, <laughs> let's catch up in a couple months and see if I've <laughs> managed to stick to the plan, right? <laughs> Joey's reverted right back. Yeah, <laughs> Creativity sucks. Yeah, bro, being playful is fucking not a good <laughs> idea, guys. Win. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I still go into each role with an intention. But it's slightly different in terms of like, oh, like yesterday I just wanted to work my guard. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I'm going to, I never invert. Right. As an example. Sure. I just don't invert because it's just not part of my game. Sure. And so I'm like, I'm just going to fucking invert. I want to invert and I want to look for K guard entries and I want to just explore that. And obviously alongside that is, well, I got to retain my guard as well. The birth of
0: Joey Bolo.
1: Right. So, (laughs) So that was my, so I had that intention, which was really good because- It's nice. It kept me on track with working on something and like continuing to practice it. But also I was intentionally going about it in a different way. Yeah. You know, to how I normally would. Yeah. So I'm still trying to get to the back. I'm still trying to get to a leg entanglement. Yeah. But through a new road, which, was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Fucking look out, guys. <laughs> Instructional coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, BJJ Fanatics, he's going to be dropping it. It's
0: really cool. It's really nice. I know that I had breakthroughs. When people higher than me let me work a bit. Like at different points in my life I was like, oh, I'm about to get brutalized. And they were just really playful with me and that actually it increased my level of admiration for them but it also it allowed me to do things that I hadn't done before and I didn't think, "Ah, I got them. I was like, oh, they let me do that. How 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 generous of them to do that, you yeah. know? And And then that's where I feel like the – the, the, the playfulness, the creativity has a double benefit. It benefits you and, and, and then that gives your, your partner an, an opportunity or permission to do, to do something similar. And I think there's, there's, there's goodness in both
1: those things. Tell me this. We are talking about it before. Um, drilling. Oh, here we go. Here's a topic. You drill? Uh, like like cur- currently? Yeah. Currently not heaps.
0: Possibly because I haven't been as focused on jujitsu development. But if I pick a technique... I will drill the hell out of it. I think that's – even though I philosophically, for those of you who remember, shout out Kit Dale. Thanks for listening. Kit came out with this thing of like don't drill, like the anti-drill philosophy thing. But I know for sure having kind of been friends with Kit and teammates at one stage, as a white, blue, purple belt, he was drilling to, to develop his skills. But once he hit brown belt, he's like, okay, how am I going to be different from Keenan Cornelius and the Meow Brothers? And they just drill, right? That's all they do. I'm going to say no drilling. People are like what? How did Kit get so good? Like with no how, drilling? To, how to be
1: different? How yeah. to be different? Like publicly? Yeah, real point. Or of like when we compete.
0: Well, no, but kind of both. Right. And I think it, part of it was also because Kit doesn't like to train the volume that those guys do. Yeah, it was really funny because he made a post which was like oh, look at what like not drilling got me. And, you know, Kit was an achieved uh, competitor at that time. And then Keenan Cornelius put something else up which is like, look at what drilling got me. <laughs> He's got like quadruple the medals, you know. <laughs> like it's, it's a different mentality and I think at yeah. you know, different stages. I believe that um, like whether it's lifting, um, doing ballet, any kind of skill, uh, specifically jujitsu, which I feel is super complicated – it is really important to break things down into their component parts and just get a feel for it because when I do it, I I know with my body proportions, it will feel different to someone else's. Yeah. Like Adam. Adam's got super long legs, right? He's all shin bones. So for him to do it, the mechanics are a little bit different and so if I'm trying to then communicate that to my students, I'll, I will say, you know, like my shins are a bit shorter so it's easier to do this or harder to do that and then I know that they're going to go through their own process. And I believe that you do learn certain things proprioceptively doing something under minimal resistance and then you just dial it up a little bit. Yeah. And, and it does change as the resistance increases. And I think the value in the drilling is more like uh, self-awareness. And oftentimes when I've gotten injured, it's when I was like full of adrenaline going as hard as I could and at that point in time there was no awareness of what my body was doing. I was just all action going as hard as I could
1: and then snap pop whatever it might be and yourself drilling yeah i've never drilled like really scarcely right and uh, it's kind of always been something that i you know i've always had in my mind that i should do more of that mm. but it's just been the way it's worked out for me i've never been i've never been extremely dedicated in that way mm. so i would like show up to classes and stuff but really i wasn't the guy doing extras so i still look at it and think yeah i should do more of that yeah you know but that's never been a thing
0: yeah i guess like the the best guys that i've admired or aspired to be like they all drill like yeah. they, they they would show up an hour or two early and they would just drill and they it's more just that it it's trying to put something complicated from the front of your brain to you just your subconscious yeah so then when you're rolling it's just so automatic there's no thought energy put on it and and that's yeah and i and i found that too and they talk about you know flow state when you're just going for it you're not thinking you just you're just doing it.
1: Yeah, I would say that like on this topic of kind of creativity and opening up new patterns and stuff, it's an essential facet of that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because otherwise you, you will just always rely on what it is that you know. Yeah. You won't be opening up new avenues to get from point A to point B. Definitely. And, and, and I think when we talk about the competitive
0: versus creative element, whatever your motivation is, whether it's to win or have fun or however you approach it, um there is a place there's a time and place to be very focused and not concede a sweep or not you know make sure you pass like really push yourself to achieve your outcome and then there's other times where it's it it is so much more beneficial to be like yeah okay i got swept what's that mean you know like we always say oh the coach is watching there's two points on the scoreboard. <laughs> There's no scoreboard. You know, it's just like, oh, I just hit that mad sweep. You look around, no one's watching. Yeah, you know, like It's only in your head. So as long as I think you are developing the skill, um, being able to switch in and out of that competitive to creative mode, that, that will help you go a lot further, uh, I think, than just, just kind of
1: sticking just so hard to the just I must win mentality. We've got a couple of voicemails that have come through. Oh, yeah. Should we do uh, – we've got two right here. Please, play. Let's right. go. First message is from Juan. Hello, guys. My name is Juan Giordana. Uh, I'm a big fan of all your content. My question is related to the Foundation Shim Program. There are some exercises where I must use a single leg or arm separately, and I'm not sure about the amount of repetitions that I should use. For example, with the Cossack squats or the bent over row exercises, if I do 12 reps on each side, the whole workout takes me like 10, 15 extra minutes to complete. Is that the intended approach I should take to perform the exercises or I should do six reps on each side? Thank you and best regards from Argentina. Big fan of all your content. What a legend. Shout out Juan. Juan. Awesome. I, we connect with him a lot on the Instagram, Juan Giordana. Yes. For anyone that you know didn't catch that beautiful accent. Yeah, lovely. Um, so just to clarify, he's asking our foundation strength programs. Yes. We have a lot of uh, like single-sided work, unilateral yeah. exercises, and we'll say, hey, it's like three sets, 12 reps, four yeah. sets. Well, it'll be eight to 12. So yeah. there's, there's a, bracket, there's, a range. there's a bracket there. So he's like, am I doing all of those reps on both sides or am I splitting it and doing half on one, half on the other?
0: One. You are doing them on both sides, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and for all of you out there who have never seen our program, it's not an extensive list of exercises. You know, the, the maximum amount of exercises you might do in a workout is kind of six. You know, not including say six you know, working, exercises. You know, working exercises. Yeah, working exercises. You know, and so if if one superset of exercises or one exercise takes you ten minutes, that's okay. You know, like the the idea is that we'd love you to get that workout done inside of an hour. So also, you want to have a look at the rest time. It, it there's there's two factors here. Um, obviously, we want you to be able to maintain good technique for all of those reps. But the reason why we put say eight to twelve is you might start with a given weight on a movement. And you can only just get four sets of eight, say. But then next time you might want to add a rep to each set and you just gradually build it and then once you you can do four sets of 12, then scale it back, you know. And, and this is probably something that we, you know, we should, it's cool that we get a chance to talk about it now but we should probably be a little bit more explicit about it. And just know that if it's yeah. a Cossack, like it, it, you aren't just working on strength, you're working on your mobility there. And in that regard... I would say more is better. That's my take on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just a volume thing. Yeah, that's all. So push on, Juan. Do all of the sets and all of the reps on both sides. How to you. Next one, Leah.
2: Hey, guys. Been loving the podcast. I'm just about two months in at training at a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu gym, and I'm loving it so far, but I'm extremely accident prone. I already tore both shoulder capsules a few years ago partially torn my PCL in my left leg and I have a crush fracture in my spine from an accident seven years ago. Now I've never had surgery and always rehabbed myself being a health professional but I'm incredibly flexible due to all the laxity in my body. Contortionist level can touch my head to my sacrum and my shoulders can just bend in all different types of ways. Wow. I have a really strong sporting background at the moment. I currently do two strength sessions, a push and a pull a week, and three cardio-based sessions, a run, a bike, and a swim, as well as two sessions at jiu-jitsu. My question is, which one of your programs is going to be best for me? I'm not sure if I need mobility or if I need strength, but I definitely know that I need to be bulletproof. Thanks.
1: Wow, Leah's doing the work. She's doing a lot. And that's uh, that's a pretty hefty bucket list of injuries. I'm assuming because she said she's only been training JITS a couple of months that those injuries aren't from JITS. No. Yeah. However, can't help but make the observation – if you are accident prone, jits is a tough. You know, yeah, you got to really want to do JIT. definitely, because you, I would say you're in a higher risk category. I believe so. With this one, Leah, you, you are very flexible.
0: Like you're, like I don't know if I need strength or mobility.
1: sacrum. Say, just think about being able to touch, touch- your head to your butt. But that's what <laughs> that's, that's what she's talking <laughs> that's about. <insane>. That's awesome. <laughs> it's
0: incredible. It's impressive, but also dangerous. So that's the other end of the spectrum, which not many people necessarily experience is too much movement. And and you're saying there's laxity in the joints you probably need some functional stiffness around your joints, some support. So I would actually recommend that you would maybe look to do uh, an extra day of resistance training. And really when we talk about being accident prone, because I actually had a period of time where I would always smash my head into things, Uh, this is a couple of years ago, uh, and it
1: was really a lack. You know, guys, you know when you're walking and you just yeah run your head into a brick wall? Well, it it happens knows, to all of us. You know how you might <laughs> lean forward to tie your shoes, but maybe you're too close to a sink.
0: And when you stand up, you actually break the sink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever had that. Maybe not. I got that Homer Simpson head. I got that extra layer of fluid, smaller brain. Um, here's the thing. It's a lack of mindfulness. I used to really not pay attention to anything and I used to rush a lot and this actually resulted in me injuring myself. And I'm not saying this is you, Leah, but I am saying that like oftentimes if someone says, oh, I'm clumsy or I make mistakes, like often it can be not bringing your attention to the task at hand and jujitsu really calls for that and that's super important. So just as a just random side right, tip, yeah, if, if you catch yourself and I am somebody who's impatient and I am someone who has a tendency to rush, that's usually when I make bad mistakes and – Honestly, if we're talking about your body and it sounds like you've had plenty of injuries, I would recommend if you can to try to slow things down a little bit and probably spend a little bit more time on on the self-awareness piece to prevent further injury. But from what it sounds like, you probably need more strength and stability more than you need mobility. Joe?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great tip there just on the, on the, the mindset around it. I think um, to Leah's question regarding like which program... Of ours, I would say that foundation strength yep. is going to be the best view. Like foundation strength does have mobility included in it. It's not a huge emphasis, but it is going to build strength through your ranges of motion, and you already have all the ranges, yep. right? So what it's going to be doing is just making you stronger through the majority of that range. We're not going to be trying to build strength when your head is connected to your sacrum, no, right? I think that's the best way to go about it. What I would say is. Don't add that on top of the strength training you're already doing. Yeah, that will be too much. Based on what you're telling us, sounds like you have a pretty demanding training schedule. Mm. So I would ditch your other strength training and I would do that. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, if you wanted to add a third day, because that program's two days a week, a third day of just bodybuilding. Yeah, like not even focusing on range, just focusing on building muscle. Because to your point, JT, that's that functional stiffness. That's building some armor around your joints and around you think of it just like cladding on the body exoskeleton. yeah that's uh, that's I'm the on. important stuff for you great fucking question awesome appreciate it guys thank you there's there's another couple here we'll go next week uh on on the next episode if you do want to leave us a voicemail you can do it on our website bulletproof just go to the podcast tab and you can record your voicemail there and of course if you want to help with your training if you want to know about these programs we've been speaking about you can do a free trial Go to our webpage, sign up for the free trial, you get a week free, and then the subscription is super cheap. And if you use the code Podcast, you'll get 20% off your sign up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Sick. Thanks, brother. Thanks, bro. Cheers, fam.